Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Just to reiterate, if you've been following our podcast, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Today, we have a returning guest, our president and medical director, Dr. Susan Rutherford. Today, what are we going to be talking about, Dr. Rutherford? So we're going to be talking about the COVID vaccine. Oh, love this. <laughs> very timely. Yes, very timely. So many questions. <laughs> yeah. I felt it's really important for people to get sort of a summary of the information. There's so much information yes. that's available and how do you trust it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to apologize in the beginning because if there's a vaccine researcher <laughs> listening to this, <laughs> they're going to find it rather oversimplified. <laughs> But my goal is understanding. Yes, we need it to be simplified for those of us that are not as smart as you. No, no, I wouldn't say that. I'd say don't have as much maybe science. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's really important for people to be involved in their healthcare decisions. Absolutely. And in order to make a decision about getting this vaccine, Mm -hmm. I think they'll do much better if they understand what it is, why they should Mm -hmm. get one, Mm -hmm. if they if they should get one. Mm-hmm. What are the risks? Right. Um, and there's a there's different types of vaccines. So mm-hmm. should you pay any attention to which type of vaccine you get as well? This sort of information, basic information about vaccines and immunity, it should be taught in health ed. Yes. Before people graduate from high school. Yes. But as we all know, that these, aren't the, these aren't the favorite topics. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, but they should be yeah. because it's critically important. So. Yeah. Well, it's one of our core values here at 3W is that we we talk about controversial topics, even if it makes us uncomfortable because information is power. It is. And education from folks like you who know more than us is really key for patients or someone like myself to make an informed decision about yes. their health care. So that's really important. Yes. Well, good. So what is a vaccine? Yes. Why do we do vaccines? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you know that when you get sick, Mm -hmm. that your body responds by trying to fight off that illness, whatever's causing that illness, it's a bacteria or virus. Our immune system kicks in and develops a recognition pattern for that particular offending agent Mm. and then goes about attacking it. Mm-hmm. to make us well, to get mm-hmm. rid of it so that we get well. Okay. And so a vaccine is kind of a shortcut. It's saying you don't have to get completely sick to get the immunity. Let's give you something that's close enough, similar enough, okay. that the body recognizes it as if it were that illness huh. and, be, and develops the immunity. And then okay. says, hey, when you get exposed to that illness, I've seen you before. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> That is but you awesome. didn't actually get sick. That's yeah. the goal of vaccines. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing, people have asked a lot about herd immunity. Yes. What is that? What is that? <laughs> so I learned recently, actually, that it, the term goes back to a farmer somewhere in the Midwest okay. who had some cattle or uh-huh. cows. Yeah. Probably cows, I guess, if, uh-huh. because they got pregnant and they were having stillbirths. Oh. And they were really sick. And so some sort of illness was... Spreading. It, yeah, it was yeah. spreading within mm-hmm. the herd. Mm-hmm. And the cows themselves were dying. And, of course, the babies were dying. Mm. But he observed that once a, enough of a percentage of that herd had either survived the, il- had survived the illness, once they hit mm-hmm. that percentage, mm-hmm. then the, the cows that hadn't gotten the disease, they didn't get sick. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of like it, it just wasn't around enough right. to make many more sick. 
Okay. So that's the goal here is we have a lot of people that are getting natural immunity because they got COVID. Got it. And then we'll have a whole lot of people, hopefully a lot more <laughs> that mm-hmm. got COVID, mm-hmm. they get the vaccine yeah. and they'll get the immunity. So when we get enough people that are able to fight this off, mm-hmm. the virus ends up looking around for a place to go and it can't find any hospitable host. <laughs> And does it die then? And then, I don't know if it completely dies, it disappears. Oh. You know, the flu vaccine keeps coming back. That's true. So there are always little reservoirs. Right, right, right. I'm going to throw in, at the beginning of this, there was a lot of question about where this virus came from. Yeah. I think that's still under discussion. Okay. But frankly, all over the world, there are labs that store certain viruses, keep them going in cultures. And, to experiment, and yeah, and for experimentation and research and everything. Okay. Uh-huh. So there are those places yeah. all over the world, those mm-hmm. laboratories, and mm-hmm. so the question is, what happened in China? Yeah, we don't know exactly. Still don't know. Still don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So what are the um, what are the different types of vaccines that are out there right now? So it's really interesting because the federal government put a lot of money into this right off the bat mm-hmm. as soon as this became an alarming situation, Mm -hmm. um, that that money went to a lot of private companies that normally would be spending a a huge amount of time trying to find money and investors to Mm -hmm. develop something. Okay. The federal government invested. Okay. And so they had their money. They knew that they wouldn't completely go broke and disappear as a company. Yes. So they started saying, okay, we've got the money. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so there are like over 150 vaccines wow. at some stage of development. And so, what are the the popular ones that I've been hearing a lot? Okay. Is Pfizer? Yes. Right? And Moderna? Yes. Okay. Those are the two that have been approved for use okay. in the U.S. Okay. And there was just an article in the paper okay. yesterday that I spotted Oh. that there's another one called Novavax. They're just starting their new clinical trial. They plan on doing up to 30,000 people in the U.S. and Mexico. Okay. And I, I suspect that's going to take some months. Okay. But they're starting. They're going to start that trial. So that's in the pipeline. Okay. There are ones, there's some others that are actually being used. There's a Chinese one that's being used all over Asia. And I'll tell you a little bit about that as we talk about what types of vaccines there okay. are. Is there a name for that one? I don't know. I, there are a bunch of companies, like I said, okay. 150 different ones. So okay. I think okay. what's important to know is that is understanding what kind of vaccine it is is probably the easiest thing to remember. Okay. And that's certainly what's on my personal checklist. Mm-hmm. I've already decided which of the four types of vaccines I want. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so the I'm going to start with the most scary one first. Okay. What I don't want. <laughs> the one you don't want. From China. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, I mean, the Chinese are very smart. Yes. And what they did actually was the process that was originally, historically, decades ago, used to develop vaccines mm-hmm. was you would grow the vaccine. You would you would infect something. Chicken eggs was a popular one. Okay. Uh, you'd infect some tissues with the vaccine, okay. and it would go crazy and make lots of more vaccines okay. or more viral particles. Okay. And then you take all those viral particles and you treat them with chemicals or radiation or something so that the vir- viral particles couldn't replicate. They were just, they were half dead. Okay. okay? That means it's, it was successful. Yes, and they're inactivated is what it's called. Okay. So now you've got these inactive viral particles. Okay. But you get you put those into somebody, you inject them, and the body recognizes it, and presumably they, they would make the antibodies. 
Okay. The problem is, is that how do you know you've killed, completely killed all of them? them? Mm -hmm. So theoretically, there's a possibility that you could actually have some live virus and get COVID. That's the one, that's the one vaccine. That's the only of the four that could potentially give you COVID. Give you COVID. Yeah. Okay. And the risks are low, Uh but the others are so much safer. Why bother? Yeah. So my main message is don't, yeah. Don't take those vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. yeah China's why? working on another type of vaccine as well, along with some of the Europeans, like the UK. And that is, like, you've heard the name AstraZeneca. That's a pharmaceutical company. Okay. It's in both the U.S. and the, the United UK? Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what they've done is they've taken a virus that doesn't make anybody sick. Okay. And they've put it in other kinds of of tissue cultures. They're using some dog, some canine hmm. tissues. They're, I don't know if they're using eggs. Eggs, it takes so many, many millions of eggs to get enough virus that for the flu vaccine, they've, they're not using eggs anymore. You don't have to worry about egg allergy yeah. for the flu. But they, some of them are putting them in insects and in invertebrates, which would be like snail type. Mm-hmm. Uh, the snail type category, and I'm not sure what it is they're using. I don't know if it's snails, but snails, some yeah. in that some of that category. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so they take and they they take and develop these uh, produce more of these viruses that actually have a piece of the bad virus, the COVID, mm-hmm. in them. Okay. So they're kind of a mixed virus. Okay. Okay. And it's not going to make you sick because the COVID is inactive, but okay. that they then inject that. And your body learns to recognize that COVID piece of it. Okay. And develops immunity. Okay. okay. So that when you get COVID, it knows what it's fighting. Yes, it, says, it recognizes hey, I it. I see you. Oh, go away. I'm going to yeah. kill you off with my antibodies. Okay. Yep. So okay. cool. Yeah. So that's one way of getting the immune, you know, awakening the immune system and have, teaching the immune system, helping the immune system learn yes. what it's to recognize. Right, right. The problem with this is where you get into some of the ethical issues because mm. some of the tissues that are being used mm-hmm. to grow, to grow the quantity of, of mm-hmm. viruses, mm-hmm. benign viruses, mm-hmm. carrying the COVID markers. Mm-hmm. They use a variety of tissues, but including fetal tissue. Okay. Yeah, that came at some point from aborted fetuses. Long time ago, yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently that tissue is pretty good at growing the virus. So mm. that's why it's being used. But that's okay. the one that a lot of people have moral issues right. with. But it's yeah. so remotely removed, correct? Because it's, It is. very. I mean, those, those tissues cultures were started eons ago. Well, okay. I don't know about eons, but certainly... 20 years, years probably ago? Decade, probably decades, yeah. Okay. Decades ago. And they keep just keep growing it. You know, you think of the lab. I don't know if people had science classes where they had Petri dishes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so these cell cultures are, I don't know what a pe- what they currently grow in. They might be tubes, but some container. Okay. Where you put it in the in the oven or the, the warmer, the incubator, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that's how you keep growing these cells. I see. Okay. So it's not new. No, it's not cells new. Mm-mm. That are being no. taken. So it's it's sort of like the the eco-friendly products that say no no animals were destroyed in the process of developing this product yes. or things like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, so nothing was destroyed at this time to okay. make that happen. It's working on old yeah, tissue, but still that's where people have, you know, do I feel like I'm yeah. Complicit in that. Yeah. That's, that's really good that's for people concerned. to know, though, because there's been a lot of controversy yeah. back and forth. Yeah. 
There are two more types. Okay. The one I mentioned that's just getting started on clinical, clinical trials, the Novavax, okay. is a protein one. Now, okay. years ago, when people took insulin for diabetes, they had, for example, pork insulin or beef insulin. They took the oh. pork pancreas, the pig's pancreas, or uh-huh. the cow's pancreas, uh-huh. and they ground them up, and, and they extracted the protein molecule that is insulin. Okay. Well, that, that, that material also included a little bit of markers for pork and beef, and sometimes people got allergic to pork and beef. Wow. Yeah, okay. by doing that, because they developed immune response. That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, but now the insulins that we use are ones that went through a manufacturing process where they just basically assembled the amino acids to make up the protein. And the sequence of amino acids, when it see, when it, you, know, you get the right sequence, it does all its normal thing like folding and forms a real insulin molecule. Yeah. So when people take insulin now, they're taking just a manufactured insulin that didn't require any, any animals, bio- or... no animals or biologics or anything. Uh-huh. So they can do the same thing with the protein that's on that little spike on the virus. Oh. Yeah. So they basically, they sequenced that. Uh-huh. In fact, the, the genome sequencing was published in January in the Lancet, which is a professional medical mm-hmm. journal from the United Kingdom. Okay. And so they've known the gemo- genome since January. And wow. so a variety of people are saying, okay, there's the map, there's the recipe. Okay. Let's try and assemble this protein uh-huh. and see if we can use that, the spike protein, see if we can use that to create an immunity, uh-huh. use it as a vaccine. Right. So Novavax is now getting ready to test it on people to see if it, it, wow. if it works and if it's safe. Is it being tested here or the UK? Both the United States and Mexico. And Mexico. Yeah. Okay. So the company's based in the United States. Yeah. Okay. So now the one, the two that were just uh, approved by the FDA for under what they call emergency use. Yes. Which means that they didn't go through the, all the years of fine-tuned testing are the Pfizer and the Moderna that okay. you mentioned. Yes. So those are basically um, RNA. So RNA stands for ribonucleic acid. Okay. DNA is deoxyribonucleic acid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So DNA is genetic code. Yes. The RNA is the code that that our body makes, the molecule that our body makes from the DNA as a recipe. So the DNA carries the, these are the instructions. Right. And the body takes those instructions and converts them into an RNA. The RNA is what our body uses in the cells to make proteins. Hmm. So now they know the sequence of everything Mm -hmm. and they can take... Maybe that was what was published in The Lancet. I could have gotten that wrong. But anyway, so they take this this RNA recipe or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is the sequence. They manufacture it without any cellular or biologic stuff involved at all. Like the insulin stuff. Like the insulin. They're assembling as a manufacturing. And, and, and so that then will go into our cells okay. and it will code for the spike protein. Oh, okay. so it recognizes so it. So that then our body says, hey, that's a foreign protein. I'm going to make antibodies. I want to get rid of you. Yeah. I learned to get rid of you. Hey, there's a real COVID virus. I recognize you. Go yes. away. Yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. So so the mRNA is the step before the protein's actually made. Okay. okay. And because it's just being plain old manufactured, there's nothing cellular, nothing biologic in it. There's no ethical issues. The production... There are no ethical issues. Okay. 
when you, so we're talking about building molecules, okay, manufacturing molecules, whether protein or mRNA. When you build a tool, when you build an instrument, say you're going to build a drill, you're going to see before you sell that drill on the market, you're going to try drilling into things, drilling into a piece of wood to see if it works. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. So what they're doing is they are using cell cultures to see if that mRNA works or the protein works. If they put it in with those cells, is Mm -hmm. it going to produce, so mRNA, they put it in with the cells, does it? cause those cells to do their manufacturing of the protein to react to to cause the immunity yes so but they are using some of the cell cultures are using are some of these old fetal cell cultures Mm -hmm. so that's why you'll hear people say well it's involved in the development don't take any vaccine they're basically, you know, you the, it's not involved in the development, the making of the, the inventing of the vaccine. Okay. It's not involved in the production of the vaccine. It's, it's involved in, in the, the quality checking, testing, yeah, to see if you're if it's working, if it's working before. And that step occurred. Mm-hmm. That's old. That step occurred now. You know, and they found that it worked in mm-hmm. cells. Right. So then they started testing it on people. Got it. Okay. That makes so much sense. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, these it's, the cells are basically acting like the factories to produce. Yeah. Uh, to produce these uh, these things, okay. the proteins or the viruses or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And and when you get this vaccine, I heard that it's a two step, correct? Yes. And what type of experience would you get with okay. it? Okay. Well, first of all, there probably are some people that shouldn't get the vaccine. Hmm. And okay. before you get the vaccine, uh, if people remember getting flu shots. There used to be a questionnaire, are you allergic to eggs? That's mm. no longer because none of it comes from eggs anymore, eggs anymore. from flu. Mm-hmm. But you have this question, have you ever had an anaphylactic reaction? Okay. So an anaphylactic reaction is where your allergic reaction, the response of your immune system is so strong, so violent, yeah. that you develop trouble breathing. Mm. You get a rash all over that's absolutely terrible. You swell up like a balloon mm-hmm. and it's potentially life-threatening. Okay. So people carry around EpiPens yes. for that purpose, yeah. for certain things, certain mm-hmm. foods. Some mm-hmm. people are allergic to shellfish. Nuts. They don't, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. Mm-hmm. Bee stings. Bee stings. Yeah. 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 So it could be anything, have, right? Yeah. People that have anaphylactic reactions, there's still not any really good information about whether they should even get the vaccine. Very yeah. good. So you go through the screen and other medical, there are other medical issues too. Right. So everybody okay. needs to go through this screening process. Screening process. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and so the screening process will be, will be given to you before. Before you get the vaccine. You, okay. That's right. Okay. So you go in and you say, Hey, I, I think I want the COVID vaccine. And somebody will actually have to have you do the screening. If your screening is totally normal, it'll probably be just a piece of paper and you sign it and that's it. Okay. If you've got some positives, I suspect yeah. they're going to say, we need to talk to you about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if it, once the vaccine gets to the point where it's in drugstores and everything, pharmacists are very knowledgeable and yes. very smart. Yeah. But they may have limits as to how much counseling they will do on this. Mm. So they may have to say, you're going to have to go to your doctor right. to talk about this before you get the vaccine. We'll need wow. it. Order from your doctor or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know how they're going to do it, but mm-hmm. there will be some people. So that's the first. That's the first thing. Okay. Um, the second thing is is it's become apparent there are a few bad reactions. There have been a few people that have ended up in ICU and things like that. Yes. Very very few. Yes. I mean, we're talking about out of the thousands who have gotten it by now, hundreds of thousands, I suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been, you know, I don't know, five. People, I don't know. Probably. Very few. 
Very few. Yeah. I think more than that, but. Okay. I, I'm sure I can safely say less than 100. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but anyway, um, where were we going on that? Side effects and oh, side experience. Effects. Yes. So it's become more apparent that probably half of people will have some side effects. Um, wow. Particularly on the second on the second dose. At my age, I seem to no longer have, even though I get the extra strong flu shot, mm-hmm. I get a little soreness and that's it you okay. know, at the site, but it's gone within, a, within 24 hours. Yeah. But I can remember when I was in my 30s uh-huh. and uh, in the Navy and uh-huh. they'd give us all, we all had to have the flu shot. Right. They always had it on a Friday. And I said, <laughs> heck with this. <laughs> I was always too busy taking care of patients, of course, because I had the experience that if I had it on a Friday, I was kind of not feeling so good for the weekend. Yeah, for the weekend. And you By wanna... Monday, I was fine. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, wait a second, they're going to take away my weekend? <laughs> I, so I'd go in on Monday and say, I'm so sorry, but I had so much patient care, you know? <laughs> Which I, is probably true. I was going to have my flu shot today. Now. <laughs> it was true, actually, yeah. but, you yeah. know, but I, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> So younger people maybe have stronger reactions. I don't know. Okay. I don't have that reaction anymore in my thirty, in my twenties, well, and so relatives, nieces, etc. Yeah. Seem to have stronger reactions. I'm in so. my thirties, and I never have had a reaction. strong reaction to the flu yeah. shot, and I take it every year. Yeah. I get a little sore, like you said. Yeah. But it goes away. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Well, this one, about half the people will get at least that. Okay. And they also may feel tired, headachey. And maybe even have some muscle pains, chills, and joint pains. Now, those are some of the symptoms you get when you get COVID. Okay. Okay. But it doesn't okay. mean you've got COVID. Yes. It just means that your react, your immune system is kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of a good thing in some ways. So it's similar to when people say, when you go and get the flu shot, you kind of get a cold sometimes afterwards. Yes, yes, yes. So it's similar to that. Similar to that, yeah. Okay. Might have a fever, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they found that people, the first dose is going to be a small amount of the of the vaccine material. Okay. And, and is that to just test things out to see how you're reacting to it? or? I, well, actually, maybe that's part of the reason. I don't know exactly why, except that you just need to give enough for your immune system to begin to recognize it. Got it. And yeah. then you need to get the immune system, you get your body, mm-hmm. your body's immune system to begin to manufacture more antibodies. Okay. So for it to really kick in, it needs a little more of a, a waking up or a little more of a reminder. And okay. so you get the second shot. Okay. Like three or four weeks later, depending on which vaccine you have. So the second shot is the same dosage as the first one or? It's bigger. It's bigger. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's more vaccine. Okay. I don't know if the quantity of fluid is bigger, but... Yeah. The quantity of vaccine is greater. Okay. Yeah. Should patients that are, or folks that are pregnant get the vaccine? So that, you know, they, everything and pregnant, if somebody's pregnant, it's always talk to your doctor, <laughs> you know, because they actually don't do randomized controlled studies of test substances on pregnant women. Well, yeah. For ethical reasons. Yes. That would yes. be problematic. <laughs> Frankly, if they're pregnant, definitely don't get the Chinese vaccine. I wouldn't yes. get the AstraZeneca vaccine. But probably the protein or the mRNA, since they're totally manufactured, they're probably going to be just fine okay. for pregnancy. So the Pfizer or Moderna? The Pfizer or Moderna doing the mRNA. The or the Novavax. mRNA, by the way, stands for messenger RNA, to message the message of the protein. Okay. Yeah. But so the mRNA or the protein, mm-hmm. which is the new one that's not available yet. Yes. 
Yeah. So either one of those. Okay. So Pfizer and Moderna should be fine if you're pregnant. We know that pregnant women, when they get the flu, especially if they're in their third trimester, it's really dangerous. Mm -hmm. They can die. Mm -hmm. They can get really sick. Mm -hmm. They just, their respiratory system is different when they're pregnant. And other factors are frequently if they're gotten overweight, Mm. you know, if they have any asthma. So it's really important. I push all my pregnant patients to get flu vaccine. Yeah. Because they they can die. Yeah. So there was a recent article published within the last month in one of our OBGYN professional journals. And they only had, they had like 46 women and from Washington state. Wow. It's UW research Mm -hmm. and UW and Tacoma, I think. Anyway, they had 46 women that got COVID. Mm -hmm. 15% of them ended up really sick in the ICU. Pregnant. Pregnant. Of those pregnant ones that got COVID. Okay. So it's not 15% of all pregnant women. It's just 15% of this 46. Okay. So 46 is a pretty low number. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's not not very many of the total population of pregnant women. Yes. But if you were pregnant and you got COVID, that was not good news. Okay. Yeah. So Because it just makes things more complicated? Yeah. I would expect the national specialty societies to recommend it. Yeah. And maybe to recommend it, make a recommendation about which vaccine. Okay. Hasn't happened yet. Okay. Because pregnant women are also in the age group where they're less likely in general okay. to get sick. Yes. Yeah. In fact, the death rate, the, they call it the case fatality rate, the death rate for COVID in the 20s is... Close to one in a thousand. Mm, it's pretty low. low. So which is like 0.1 percent. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're younger than 20, is the risk is even a lot lower. Right. Multiples lower, like six or nine times lower. Yeah. It's really lower. <gasps> yeah. The risk of being in the ICU, the risk of dying, etc. Yeah. But as you get older, you mm-hmm. know, especially getting in those 80s and everything, you're talking about 16, 600 sometimes worse. Right. Outcomes. Right. That's what they've been yeah. saying. So. So the, it's mainly the older people that are of concern. Okay. So I'm just, I'm getting ready to get mine as soon yeah. as I can. <laughs> <laughs> and, and right now in the U.S., both Pfizer and Moderna is available? Yes. They both got approved. Okay. Pfizer was approved a week before Moderna. Okay. So, is there a reason for that or? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, maybe Pfizer was ready first. Okay. The FDA probably can't do the two things at one time because it's pretty complicated all the yeah, time sure. they spend reviewing and you don't want to have one team doing one and another team doing the other you want to have the okay. same team comparing apples and apples okay so, and, um, and is there any reason for folks to be worried about how quickly the vaccine was done i guess you mentioned that I've, that uh, so much money was was given to them up front. Usually yes. they have to and go they out did it a lot get, quicker. Yeah. The things that were slow is for the final approval, they they probably need more th- uh, more tens of thousands of patients or something to to come up with the actual complication rate. Okay. Make sure it's that low, but so they did the you know, they did what they felt was acceptable. Okay. But the final approval, I suspect they'll want more long-term data mm-hmm. as well. I mean, you also follow people for months or years or something and see if there's any long-term effects. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's not likely to be. Okay. The, the some of the other vaccines are are similar. Mm-hmm. The vaccines that we already have mm-hmm. are similar and knowing how these are made. Mm-hmm. I heard it was really interesting because the CDC through the CDC I linked to some interesting data on what's in the vaccines okay. and uh, the because they've got the so Pfizer and Moderna they have the the mRNA mm-hmm. which is the actual thing that's going to do the work mm-hmm. but they have to put it in the solution 
and they have to store that solution so it doesn't deteriorate and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're stored at very cold temperatures. Mm-hmm. The Moderna may end up getting more available quicker because it can be stored at a regular household freezer temperature. The Pfizer has to be stored extremely cold in their building special yep. refrigerators. Yes, they that. are. Yeah. Very special refrigerators. One of the ingredients, I heard something somewhere that was worried, oh, well, they've got they've got this polyethylene glycol in it. And I suspect that's something in the solution so that it doesn't actually freeze. Oh. Because ethylene glycol is antifreeze that we use in our cards. Oh, yeah. This is not the same stuff. Yeah. This is not the same stuff. Do not it's, confuse it, people. No, do not confuse it with car antifreeze. <laughs> but I suspect that's the purpose of that ingredient. I see. It's a polyethylene. Yeah. And also, of course, the amount that's in some little you know, bit that you're going to get in your arm is pretty tiny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you could probably even tolerate carotifreeze that much. But, <laughs> but don't forget, do that. Forget I, forget I said carotifreeze. <laughs> but they have things like cholesterol and they have sodium chloride and sodium yeah. acetate and sugar and yeah. things like that. Okay. Yeah, to, things that we can pronounce. Things that you can pronounce. <laughs> That's always a good thing. Yeah, a lot of this stuff's on the CDC yeah. website. It's kind of yeah. fun to go there every once in a while and, okay. and see that they're, you know, see yeah. the information that's there. Well, this has been so informative. Thank you so much for explaining it to someone like me who wouldn't even know where to start to yeah. to yeah. to look these things up and wouldn't even know how to explain it to someone. Yeah. So it's so, so helpful. The, yeah. So I'd just like to say this. The purpose has been so that you can think about this information and decide, are you in a low-risk or high-risk group? How likely are you to get really sick or die from COVID? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a low-risk group, you know, why should you bother to be vaccinated? Mm-hmm. Well, or why should your loved ones? Why should they don't give the vaccine to kids under 16 mm-hmm. for Pfizer, kids under 18 for Moderna? It's only because they tested it on that age group, uh, up down to that age. Okay. It probably is fine for younger, but yeah. they haven't done the testing yet. Okay. And kids don't get very sick, so we don't have to worry about them. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the main reason is that herd immunity. Yeah. You know? yeah. So when a new baby is born, mm-hmm. people that are close to that baby should go get what's called a Tdap vaccine. Mm-hmm. Tetanus, tetanus diphtheria yeah. and pertussis. Yes. And pertussis is whooping cough. Mm-hmm. And newborns can die from whooping cough and they're not, mm-hmm. they're pre- protected a little bit. We give it to all the pregnant women in the third trimester so that their a- immune system does this production of antibodies, even mm-hmm. if they got it before, mm-hmm. it ramps up all those antibodies and those mm-hmm. antibodies get through the placenta and they get through the breast milk so that they can help protect the newborn mm-hmm. for uh, from you know from pertussis from yeah. whooping cough yeah. for maybe about six months as as long as it works mm. and then the baby's vulnerable for the next six months right, and then right. after a year they can get their own vaccine vaccine but, yeah yeah but but we tell oh the all the parents mm-hmm. the uh, grandparents mm-hmm. anybody that's going to be seeing this baby handling this baby mm-hmm. they should get a TDAP vaccine yeah it's the same thing it's 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 a cocooning they call it but it's mm-hmm. to protect the people around you so that's yeah. the main reason. You know, the reason we're wearing masks isn't so much to protect ourselves. It's in case we're carrying the virus before we get sick mm-hmm. for those five days before we have symptoms and don't know it. Right. So that we don't give it to somebody else during that time period. That's why we wear masks. Mm-hmm. So. Very good. Well, anyway. again, thank you so much for explaining that to us and explaining it to me and and allowing the audience, the, our listeners, to know more about this vaccine that can be very, you know, 
politicized, very, um, there's so many discussions right. about it. And I think the more people know about it, the better they have to make informed decisions. And that's think, what we're about. Right. I think people are getting tired of listening to celebrities telling what they should do. Yeah. <laughs> and politicians. And politicians. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if they, I really encourage people to learn for themselves yes. and make their decision yes. for themselves. Yes. But talk to people who have some knowledge. Right, right. So would you encourage folks that are listening to this podcast, if they have any further questions, could they call the sure. clinic and yeah, talk they, to you? They can call. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, try and squeeze it in between patients. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an expert in vaccines. So mm-hmm. I'll be relying on what the vaccine experts are right. saying. Right, right. So so, uh, so we might come out with another podcast with maybe. some updates. Yeah, that would you know, be You know, updated information about this vaccine. That would, it, so. It's constantly changing. So yeah. that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much again, um, our listeners. Thank you so much, Dr. Rutherford, for your time. If you would like to know more about this conversation, please feel free to check out our website and give us a call. Our website is 3wmedical.org. That's number three, letter W, medical.org. And as always, tune in again next Wednesday for a brand new episode that might entice you and educate you and, and to share with your family and friends. So until next time, be well. <laughs>